if you have a chance, before or after this episode, go ahead and read Ephesians chapter 1 for yourself and see what stands out to you. I'm going to share what stands out to me in this one. Howdy, welcome to God's Adopted. I'm here to help encourage you to grow in faith through stories, teaching, and practical examples so you can experience more of God in and through your life. When we get born again, He adopts us. This podcast is here to encourage us all to grow in becoming the children of God He's adopted us to become. Join me and learn to do like Peter did. Let's get out of the boat and step on the water with Jesus. In three of the previous Tuesday episodes of God's Adopted, I have been talking about Ephesus. And basically what happened was I really had it on my heart to go through the book of Ephesians, which led me to think a little bit in reverse and consider, okay, Ephesians is the New Testament book where the Apostle Paul writes to the church, the body of Christ, the believers who live in Ephesus, and so it's called Ephesians. We went back in those previous episodes, and we got a picture of what Ephesus was like when Paul was there physically, in person. And then we read in the book of Acts, towards the end of chapter 18 through 19 and 20, we found out how the Apostle Paul had spent three years there teaching. Can you imagine having your your teacher be the Apostle Paul for three years? And he was teaching people who had been Jewish as well as Gentiles, other words, people who weren't Jewish, who had both heard the story, had heard the truth, the gospel, the good news about how God was making it possible to have forgiveness of sins and so that you could repent and believe and trust in what God has done through his son Jesus, and by doing that, become adopted by God. And in in the book of Ephesians, we start looking into how God was encouraging the church in Ephesus through these letters and everything. And ultimately, what I want to do is consider how does this impact you and me today? Father God, I pray that you would guide our thoughts and our hearts towards you and closer to you. And I pray that you would reveal to us something special about yourself, or if you want to share with something about ourselves with us and encourage us towards following after you more closely and learning more about you and learning how to love one another the way that you, Lord Jesus, love us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. I want to encourage you, if you haven't done it, go ahead and read the first chapter of Ephesians and then listen to this episode or listen to this episode. And when you have a chance, read the first chapter of Ephesians for yourself and see what stands out to you. And I realize, and I want to encourage you about this too, that you could read Ephesians chapter 1 today, and certain things will stand out to you, and maybe in another month or even years from now, go ahead and read chapter 1 of Ephesians again, and something different might stand out to you, or you might understand something maybe more fully or more clearly. 
And so I've read through the chapter of Ephesians, and certain things really start to stand out to me, and that's what I want to share about in this episode. In verse 4 and 5, it says this in Ephesians chapter 1, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and without blemish before him in love, having predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his desire. I found that really striking to me today. Think about the name of this podcast. It's called God's Adopted. And one of the reasons it's called God's Adopted is actually some of these verses that I've just read here in in verse 5, it talks about having predestined us for adoption as sons. Sons to who? Father God in heaven through Jesus Christ to himself. And it makes me consider how Jesus says in one of the Gospels that eternal life is this. And Jesus was speaking in the presence of his disciples. He was praying to Father God in heaven. And he said, he was saying for them to have eternal life. And he says, eternal life is this, that they, speaking of the disciples as well as us, would know you, the only true God, and the one whom you have sent, speaking of himself, Jesus. And so God made a way for us to be adopted as his sons and daughters so that we can call him Father God, our Father in heaven. And so that verse really pops out to me. And as I continue further, some of the other ones that really start standing out to me are also verse 7, in whom we have our redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. And here again, we have forgiveness of sins because of what Jesus did for us. We have redemption through his blood and forgiveness of our sins, trespasses. And then further on in verses 13 and 14, it says this, in whom you also, having heard the word of the truth, the good news of your salvation, in whom, having also believed, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is a pledge of our inheritance to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of his glory, sharing how we're sealed by the Holy Spirit when we become born again. He puts a deposit of the Holy Spirit in us, and he seals us so that there should be something inside of us that says, I'm his. I belong to him. When, when you ever need to be forgiven of something and you receive forgiveness, somebody says, I forgive you, and you receive it, there's something about it that you can feel and I want to say it's not just it's not like it's just an emotional thing or a thought that you have. It goes deeper. <laughs> like it's almost like I want to say you feel it in your gut. And what you feel is you know that you've been forgiven. You know that you have forgiveness. And there's something about that that comes to my mind when I think about being sealed with the Holy Spirit that there's something inside of me, I would say someone, the Holy Spirit, who almost rises up and says, yes. So if I were to ask you, have you been born again? 
Do you know that you belong to God? Do you know that you've been adopted? Now, I'm not saying, I'm not even asking if you believe everything about the Bible. I'm not, I'm not saying, do you, do you understand everything? I would, I would expect that the truth is the opposite almost, that we all come to God as children, very limited, and we're adopted from, we're adopted out of a world of darkness into a world of light. And there's a lot that we don't understand and that we don't know. But how much do you need to understand and know to be adopted? Think about that for a second. And so God gives us his spirit when we become born again and we cry out to him. But why would you cry out to a God if you don't know about him or if you don't know how good that he is? And so part of what I want to do with this episode is share God is good. And there's probably a lot of people out there thinking, like I say, God is good. And and in your mind, you might be thinking automatically, you know, all the time and all the time, God is good, depending on where you might have heard something like that. But here's the thing. It's true. He is good. He is a good God. He is worth knowing because he loves us so much that he, he calls for us that he creates a way for us to know him that is dependent on him instead of being dependent on us, dependent on him being able to do what we could never do and what Jesus has done for us. And so when we, when we come to him, we can become adopted children to our Father in heaven. And as that happens, he gives us the Holy Spirit. He seals us with the Holy Spirit. Towards the end of chapter 1, starting with verse 17, the Apostle Paul shares even more about how he keeps praying for the church in, in Ephesus. And praying what? Well, let me read these verses real quick. So starting with verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to that working of the strength of his might, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and made him to sit at his right hand in the heavenly places." far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. He put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And so here we have the Apostle Paul ending chapter one with this, with an amazing statement of who Jesus is and where Jesus is and, and talking about how his name is above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named. If you recall, at one point, in the book of Acts, what we read it, when Paul was in Ephesus, 
how there was there was an occasion where there was like a riot almost where a bunch of people were shouting even for two hours at one point about you know ephesians and they were shouting the name of artemis you know like she was the goddess of ephesians because they were being riled up against paul and against what he was teaching and they were being riled up because the people that that were creating a bunch of the idols and the figures and the different things, they were losing business because the more that the church was growing, the more that people were turning away from stuff that was not God. If you don't know about it, go back to the previous episodes and learn more about it. But there were times where people would take their stuff that was not godly stuff, stuff that they knew was part of the occult practices. They had books that were spell books and stuff like that, and scrolls, and they they had, you know, objects and stuff, and they would pile them up and burn them up to get rid of them as part of their repentance, as part of a demonstration in action, so that when they found out that God was the only true God, and that worshiping and doing things using other spirits and all these false gods— was actually anti-God. And so part of repenting to turn away from that is to get rid of this stuff. And it's not to sell it, but it's to destroy it. And the idea of Jesus being the name above every other name, well, part of how the occults worked in Ephesus was you would name a name about something for one spirit above a different spirit, for example. That's how that's how exorcisms would work in olden days, if you will, and in past times, and even in Ephesus. So the idea of someone saying that they were going to deal with an evil spirit that was hurting somebody by, by inciting a name was not unheard of. It wasn't even strange. They understood what was happening. And what was strange was when Paul came and people learned about the name of Jesus being the name above every other name, they found out that here was, here was a name that could be used to set people free from evil spirits and stuff, but it wasn't like a strong evil spirit overpowering a different, weaker evil spirit, which is the only thing they had before Jesus came. That might sound kind of strange. Go back to those previous episodes, and, and I explained a little bit more deeply there. But I'm, I'm talking about this in part because of what I just read here toward the end of chapter 1, how Paul is talking about how Jesus is the name above every other name, and that how Jesus has been placed at the right hand in heavenly places, and that his, he is above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and every name that is named. And not only in this age, but basically forever. In other words, this is another way of saying that Jesus is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. The church, the people in Ephesus that would have heard what these letters said, they would have understood, oh, yeah, that's right. Paul did these miracles. And he cast out evil spirits in the name of Jesus. Paul was doing and teaching the things that we see in the Gospels, actually. 
the things that Jesus said for his disciples to be doing. And so I'm going to, I'm going to maybe end this episode maybe a little strange, but I want to kind of challenge you. And that the challenge goes something like this. What are there things in your life that you might need to repent of? And what, what does repentance look like? Are there things in your life that, that you call on instead of calling on God? Instead of looking for Jesus to give, give you help? Are there other names that you might be, that you might name? And, and I praise God that we've been adopted. And I want to encourage you and encourage myself. It's okay that we don't know everything. It's understood. It's always going to be true while we live in this world in our lifetimes that we have because we're limited. And God knows that. And thank God that we can call him father and that we can be children because, well, a child doesn't have to know everything. But as we grow and mature, part of, part of the reality of us showing that we're growing and maturing is by our actions and our words. So if we learn something, we should apply it into our lives. And so what I want to encourage us here is, are there things in our lives that might be like what the Ephesians had, where they had stuff in their lives maybe sitting around, maybe sitting in a closet, uh, maybe in a garage, maybe in storage, uh, maybe maybe in a drawer, maybe maybe on our hands, you know? I mean, did you know that there's all kinds of stuff that is not godly stuff, that is stuff that, like, has anybody ever given you something and say, well, wear this or something and it'll protect you? Well, do you want that thing to protect you, which is a false god at best, and even worse, something that could be used by evil spirits, or do you want to trust God? In simple terms, are there things that you own that you might need to repent of or turn away from or, or get rid of? Pray about it. I'm going to be continuing in chapter two of Ephesians in the next episode, and I wonder what's going to stand out to me there. Let me close in prayer. Father, I pray for your blessings on my brothers and sisters, and I pray for your guidance by your Holy Spirit that you would convict us and guide us and even encourage us and give us strength to, to continue to grow closer to you and walk after you in your ways. And if there's anything that we need to turn away from, I pray that you'd make those things clear to us and give us wisdom about how to turn away from those things and turn more towards you and trust you more. And I pray this and thank you and praise you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. I love seeing how our real living God is working in and through our real living lives in this real world. Please subscribe to this podcast and keep listening. If you've been blessed or encouraged in some way and want to leave a review, please do that by writing your review on iTunes. If you haven't already, please drop in and say howdy in our Facebook group when you can. See you next time on The Water with Jesus.